Bush and Ritchie here with your daily takeaway as the uh, days and episodes indeed of this podcast countdown before Christmas. Uh, I know for both of us uh, as parents, Bush, uh, our little ones had their last day of term uh, today. Isn't it such a... I, I was thinking as I dropped Rocco this morning, just... How precious it was, whether it was um, whether it was Christmas or like uh, Easter or summer. That last day of term feeling oh. when you go in was just the best, wasn't it? And just bringing in a toy, like you have that. I don't know if kids still do that thing anymore. Now we get to bring a toy in. I remember yeah. like playing um, on someone's kind of scale trick or that. What was that thing where you had like a um, uh, you look through something? This is terrible recall. <laughs> It was made by Tommy, and you looked through it. Yep. I think it was called Shark Attack, and yep. it, put, it put like holograms in front of yes. you. Yes, but like, I'd never seen a toy like that before. But last day of term, anything goes. It's fantastic. You wouldn't get that now, not these days. Uh, but you just knew that you were going in for the last, and I could never quite get my head around it. Like, why are we coming in if all we're doing is just playing games all day? Well, this is, she went. Uh, Thea, our five-year-old, finished at one o'clock this afternoon. Yes, Rocco had a one fifteen. Yeah. So all the fact, remember, the school run was just as crazy as normal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I bothered. I'm sure she, the teachers would like an extra day. Yes. Let's come to some kind of agreement uh, for the new term, please. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Can I start tonight's show by just saying something? Mm. Uh, One of the biggest things that's gone to the dogs recently, in my opinion, uh, with the rise of your YouTubers, your TikTokers, your your reality TV folk, your Love Islanders, is our phrases. Right, The the phrases that we've grown up with in this country, I feel like they're not what they are. Uh, And so many people get phrases wrong these days or misunderstand them that other people hear them do it and then parrot that out and it just becomes a thing. And it gets almost, you almost tape over the original phrase. Uh, And like I say, and uh, one thing in particular that people keep saying, I'd like to talk about tonight on the show if possible, Mm. because it needs to stop because it's wildly inaccurate. And it's this, the amount of people inaccurately saying doing a 360 instead of 180... Uh, when referring to a total change of mind or direction or a U-turn, is now at what I would call epidemic proportions. Yes. Because uh, obviously, a three, 360 degrees, folks, that means back to where you started. <laughs> it's 180. But there's loads of people that do it. Do you, I mean, are you listening to this right now and you're one of those people that does this? It needs to stop. I would like to, I would like to hope, I'd like to hope that I'm one of the few, yes. one of the few who would, who would actually be in the right and say a 180. You're 100... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've had a conversation before where you've said... I, I feel like recently, when we were having an argument about whether mince pies should be hot or cold... That's what we're talking about during the songs. Pretty sure that was us. Yeah. Uh, I was arguing one way, you were the other, and then the next day, I'd had a 180 about it and was agreeing with you. But the reason that stuck out, and I think I commended you about it afterwards, and we had photos taken with today's newspaper, uh, is that it's that's so rare now. It is rare. People just say, oh, I did a complete 360. Yeah. And they say it on, like, I watch like loads of telly and they're always saying it on TV. And before we know it, and this is this is the big red flag and the warning that I'd like to put out on tonight's show is I think unless we do something about it, and I mean a public awareness campaign, uh, I, I feel like the the phrase doing a 180 is gonna be gone. Be laughed at. Five, ten years, and it will be people will just be inaccurately saying doing a 360. You're right. Brian says, uh, can we still use 360 if we change our mind, then decide we actually agree with the original thing, or do we have to log on two separate 180s? I think it's two separate 180s. <laughs> uh, and Kerry says, what about doing a 350, whereby you move so far from your original position that you're almost back to it, but not quite. <laughs> the plot thickens. 
brilliant conversation that's going on on our Twitter feed uh, with amongst some Absolute Radio Hometime listeners. Listen to this. Rob says, look, if I'm driving towards a roundabout and I need to go back the way I came, I have to do a 360 in order to go there. Genuinely assume this is where it came from. Uh, Chunky Lover chips in and says, if you do a 90 at the roundabout, you turn right. 180 would send you back down the road you approach from. 360 means you go round and then continue in the same direction. Rob says, no, it doesn't. If the roundabout is a clock, then you enter from 12, then 90 is 3, 180 is 6, 270 is 9, 360 is 12. So if you do a 360, it means you go back the way you came. But Jamie then chips in different <laughs> listener, but you and your car have only turned 180 degrees. Jack says, to go back the way you came is 180 degrees, 360 degrees takes you the whole way round the roundabout. It's a circle. It's, we're, we're no closer to the truth, but it shines a light on how wrong people are getting this. See, I, I, I you know, I know, like you, that 180 is right. It but is. then you hear the roundabout argument, you think, you doubt yourself, don't you? I didn't realise there was, a, like, a, 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 another view of this, like, yeah. almost like a different religion. Wow. Uh, Carmelo, where do you stand on this big debate? Well, it's a 540, man. I'm an ex-BMX rider, so I say 540. No one's ever said anything. Right, so if you're, you're in a conversation as an ex-BMX rider and you, you've you say to someone that you've changed your mind, you said you did a complete 540. Seriously? <laughs> they look at me. They don't say a thing. But I do it in like a, you know, like an X game. Just do a 540, man, back to the beginning. And nobody says a thing. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. So I'm trying wow. to do the maths here. And my, my son used to be really into BMXing as well. So a 540, you've done the 360, yep. and then you've done the 180 on top of it, making it a 540. So it is basically a tarted up 180, isn't it? <laughs> That's a good point. Tarted up. Yeah, and backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've gone round one time and then round again, but you've also gone back the other way, the way that you kind of came. So it, it technically does make sense. 540, back to the beginning, man. Is that, is, that, is that a BMXing phrase that if we were to get into the BMXing market at this, at this advanced stage, we could use? 540. Fakey 540 make, means you end up forwards. 540 means you end up backwards. So, yeah, one of the two will do. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good to talk to you, fella. Merry Chrysler. Oh, don't you start. <laughs> Julian says, I don't use numbers anymore. I just say volt fast because I'm a stuck-up corporate lawyer. Might try doing that instead. Look, some great people are trying to help with this. Stephen Coventry says 360 is covered in the Arnold Schwarzenegger film The Last Action Hero. Uh, a bad guy keeps saying it and gets it wrong. Charles Dance puts him in his place. It could be used as a public service video. Who'd, who'd have thought that this goes back to Last Action Hero from Schwarzenegger? Have a listen to this. I've had a terrible day, thanks largely to you. First you, my friend. Now you turn it. 360 on me. 180, you stupid spaghetti-slurping cretin. 180. If I did a 360, I'd go completely around and end up back where I started. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Arnie. Uh, so there you go. We got to the bottom of it, kind of. Hubbard has actually just tweeted saying, we also need a campaign for I could care less. Don't even get started on that, please. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you are doing a 360 on how adamant you are about the 180. That's good. I don't understand what you mean. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, because you're still going in the same direction about the fact that 180 is correct. As you can see, there's a, there's there's some kind of grey areas yeah. in this as well. <laughs> there's some grey areas. Rob, you're on Bush's side, aren't you? I do, I do. I am a bit of a pedant when it comes to things like this. And then during Live Eight, I was watching Bono. I'm not a fan of Bono. So you're, you're talking about Live Eight back back in the day? Two... Live Eight, yes, in 2005, the the rip off of Live Aid. Yeah, right. So I was I was watching that, and I'm not a fan of Bono because he rhymed fire with desire and made lots of money out of it. But he said we need a 360-degree shift in our approach to poverty. 
Right. And I shouted at the telly then, and then so I shout at the telly every time he comes on. <laughs> what? What do you shout when he comes on now? Well, I shout three sixty, and then. <laughs> Do you, not, do you not think the overarching thing of uh, world poverty was a bit more of an important issue, though, Rob? Although, to be to be fair, as we've discussed in, in the show tonight, that, you know, do you do need to sort this 360 thing out? It's getting worse, isn't it? I think we need to tackle the two things separately. I do agree that world poverty is quite a biggie. Yes. But I think 360 is probably, you know, 12 or 13 on the list of these things. I think the GA are going to be talking about it at the next summit, so uh, watch this space. Well, I hope they do, and they could include should of and should have and less and fewer, couldn't they? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> A pedant after my own heart. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Right, counting down the shows left to Christmas uh, in the form of Daves. Uh, we meet 12 Daves as we get to the last 12 shows, uh, and today is the 10th. So, who's this? It's Dave from Weymouth. Hey! Dave from Weymouth. Beautiful Weymouth. Our first coastal, Dave. Is it our first coastal, I Dave? I think it is, certainly for 2023, yes. And what a beautiful place you live in, Dave. Yeah, Weymouth's absolutely gorgeous. Love it. You know, really busy in the summer with uh, all the holiday makers and uh, everything. A little bit quiet this time of year, but yeah, it's a beautiful place. I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. Love it. So you love Weymouth, Dave, and do you make use of the coast? Do you go for, like, coastal walks or go surfing or something? I certainly do. I mean, it's the best place in the world to live. So, yeah, do do make uh, make the most of all the coastal trails and uh, enjoy the seaside and everything. Yeah, definitely. Wow, he's a proper outdoor sports, Dave. He is. Outdoor sports, Dave. Any other hobbies? We're just trying to get to, to know our Daves. Well, yeah. So, the other thing I, I do locally and I would be known for locally is I am a paranormal researcher. Oh. So is this like uh, Ghostbusters-esque? Uh, you've got like sound meters clicking and stuff like that. You're looking for orbs, etc. <laughs> Not quite like that. I think sometimes the public perception through TV shows is that's a little bit of like what you do. But actually, no, we, we sort of look at the more sort of what we call rational inquiry, more sort of looking into just trying to understand what the makeup of experiences are than really necessarily hunting for ghosts. So, um, yeah, I think as I said, that's generally sometimes the impression of kind of what you do, but it, it, it isn't quite what you do, so, yeah. yeah. Well, can I ask you a question, David, if this is your field? What happened to poltergeists? Do you remember in the 80s, there used to be loads of poltergeists, you couldn't move for poltergeists. Now they're just, there's a little bit like the um, uh, spontaneous human combustion market that's completely gone, it's dried up. Yeah, no, you're right, yeah. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be as many poltergeist cases. Funny that, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be as many poltergeist movies around. It's it's all kind of moved on to demons and things like that now. It's all about the demons these days, isn't it? It's all about the demons, but yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met a ghost that sings? <laughs> Um, no, I haven't. No, no, a wailing ghost is is not one. No, no not not one that I've had in my arsenal. No. <laughs> Lovely phrase, Dave. Lovely turn of phrase. <laughs> uh, can you sing, Dave? I'll, I'll give it a go, mate. I'll give it a bash. You know, when I'm doing the old karaoke, I'm I'm a little bit more baritone. You know, um, love will tear us apart. Unbelievable EMF. That's kind of my oh, feel. Wow. But I, I would say if you're from Weymouth, though, I'm thinking wassailing is going to go on right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We do like to wassail. Yeah. Can't wait for this, uh, Dave. Let's sing. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Day from Weymouth, day from Shaftesbury-Avon, day from Worcester, day from Gundorf, day from Clapham, day from Sheffield, day from Liverpool, day from Wigan, day from Bolton, and uh, day from Harvard. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. In, in many ways, his singing was quite haunted. It was almost like he was channeling something from the other side right there. I thought it was a touch of Mick Jagger in there. A bit of uh, <laughs> doom and gloom. Uh, fantastic. Lovely to meet you all. We will meet our penultimate Dave of Christmas tomorrow. This is The Daily Takeaway. Uh, stress and tears at home over the last uh, few days. Uh, my little lad Rocco, he's five, he's got a uh, uh, got a toy dinosaur. I've got many toy dinosaurs, to be quite frank. Uh, this one uh, is being called Dino. Uh, it was a little stuffed dinosaur uh, that he uh, he picked up a few years back now. Uh, but over the last few days, he's gone missing, and no one's known where he is. Uh, and when I got in last night after the show, things have stepped up a level. Because he's been asking us, oh, anyone seen Dino? Oh, maybe he's a nanny and granddad. So, anyone seen Dino? Oh, I think he could be in that pile in your bedroom. We'll sort it. Apologies for the music. We were, we were after sad music, but it sounds like Dino's died. <laughs> it really does. I feel like we're at his service. <laughs> Apologies. Pic- picture of Dino on the sort of order of service in black and white. Sorry about that. <laughs> we are mourning Dino. <laughs> Is he behind a? Is he going to go behind a curtain? <laughs> well, the thing is, no one actually knows where Dino is. We can't find him at all. Uh, and I got home yesterday, and and Rocco's actually done like a lost picture oh, of Dino him. with his felt tips, and he, he says, "Can we hang this up on a on a lamppost outside the house?" Saying, "Please look out." Actually, says, "Please look out for him." Lost Dino on it. It kind of breaks my heart. Like, like, on this, like when you see people looking for their cats. Exactly and everything. that. Oh, bless him. But I think actually, if I'm truthful, the most upsetting part of this as a father is I know how I could put this right because Dino was just £20 from Ikea they're so good though they're, um, they're, our kids have got loads of that the big dog the giant dog from Ikea exactly that. love that dog so this is an easy fix but do I want to be going to Lakeside Ikea four days before Christmas oh, just man. to get a stuffed £20 dinosaur no I don't I don't think I've ever been as stressed in my life trying to park as I have in the Lakeside Ikea <laughs> I, if I think about it now I get like you know what like the Vietnam War I can hear a chopper <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work out whether I have it in me to do that trip before Christmas. Uh, if there have been long lengths that you've gone to to find or replace a lost toy, do let us know. The organist has just left as well. So <laughs> that service is over. <laughs> Dina might turn up. Exactly. What well, happens then? That's a very good point. That's have you explained that one away? You have to drop Dina off in, the, in town or something. <laughs> Give him a tenner. Grizzly. Uh, Derek says, 10 years ago, when I was moving house, I ripped up some floorboards in my old house to find a Star Wars Jawa that I'd lost as a kid. I still have him now. Wow. That's quite cool. Now, I'm trying to work out whether Derek had buried it on purpose to keep safe and then get back, or whether it was actually lost and he was... Because why would you rip up floorboards if you are moving home? That's a very good point. Uh, Elliot in West Sussex says, guys, the Blue Water parking experience is PPDSD, which is post-parking dramatic stress disorder, and he has it himself. (laughs) So other people are feeling the same thing. Uh, There are many people urging me to just stop being cringe-like and and get on with it and replace Dino. I think Michelle is one of these, aren't you, Michelle? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Always good to have a backup of a favourite toy, even if you find the original one, was my was my advice. OK, and Michelle, you sound like this situation has, ha- has kind of happened to you before? Uh, well, it happened with a dog. <laughs> what, an actual <laughs> real dog? Him, uh, yeah, yeah. My kids have grown up, so we've got a dog. So uh, we've got a favourite toy, the pineapple, and we thought we'd lost it, so we bought oh. another one, and then the other one turned up. So oh, I, I thought, yeah, me too. <laughs> Lost a favourite actual dog. I thought you had like a Labrador out the back as like a backup (laughs) to your main Labrador. (laughs) Be quiet, the other one might return. No, No, so I figured what's good for the dog is good for the son as well. So um, there you go.
Brilliant. So you're saying to Richie, uh, don't be tight, go and get a new Dino. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'll do. And um, yeah, and then backstory, if if the other one does turn up, then maybe it's long lost brother or something or other. Double Dino. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ho, 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 it's Bush and Richie's Sound of the Season. That's right, Sound of the Season, a sound, a mystery sound that you most likely will hear around the Christmas period, but it's flummoxing everyone. What the hell is this? And you can win big if you can guess it. Uh, yeah, two signed Absolute Radio mugs, and Rob could be that man this evening. How are you, Rob? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, guys. Are you both good? Uh, good to have you on the show, man. Where are you from, Rob? Uh, from Dagenham in Essex. All right, now, Dagenham Dock, uh, one of the standout stations on the Essex Loop line that I accidentally get on the way home that adds an extra 45 minutes to my journey on a nightly basis. Sounds about right. <laughs> and it, it looks like it's quite lively down there in Dagenham Dock. Oh, it always is, always is. Always going on. Uh, now, Rob, uh, are you ready for the big day? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the arrival of two side Absolute Radio mugs isn't going to help your gift-giving? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's quite chilled out. It's quite chilled out, chap. Yeah, and rude. Uh, what percentage done are you uh, on the old uh, Christmas shopping then, Rob? Oh, prob- well, um, probably 90%. There you are, 10%. That's the absolute radio mugs. That's it. Makes uh, yeah. up the rest of the presents. Uh, Rob, <laughs> the sound of the season, this festive sound that we've isolated. Uh, you think you know, what's your guess? I think it's Jim Foyle being put on top of a turkey. Tim foil being put on top of a turkey. Oh. Let's have a listen. Oh, it does kind of sound like yeah, it. I can hear that. Are you going to be doing the cooking this Christmas, Rob? No, going out for dinner, actually. Oh, all right. Someone's <laughs> doing right for themselves. <laughs> Henry VIII? Yes. Yeah. Well. Let's have um, another listen. Mm. Does he know what he's doing with his tin foil, or is he way off? You're a loser, oh. and you have lost. Sorry, oh. Rob. No problem, guys. <laughs> he didn't need the mugs anyway. He's, he's just no. completely chilled out. I'm obsessed <laughs> with Rob. What are, you, what are you doing now, Rob? Are you going to put the phone down to us? What, what does the rest of the evening hold for you? Uh, rest of the evening for me. Uh, go home, cook some dinner. Uh, I'm going to bed early because I'm, I'm not feeling very well. So. Oh, <laughs> let's take the turn. God bless you. So you're going to go, we have a hot toddy. They're really good. You have a little bit of scotch in, in yeah, uh, hot water, with the hot water and stuff. If I'd, if I'd have won one of the mugs, I could have put it in the mug, couldn't I? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because Bush would have taken the loop home and dropped it off to you. I could have dropped it around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Godspeed, get better, uh, and, and you know, drop us a message in the new year to let us know you're OK, the equivalent of three rings. <laughs> how ill do you think he is? I don't know. I don't know how long he's got left. Oh, I've died a bit longer than that, I hope. <laughs> it's us fellas. When us fellas comes down with a cold... We you go know, hard. We go really hard. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We love talking about food on this show, so it'll be no surprise to you that uh, in private here in the studios, before and after the show, uh, we talk a lot about food uh, and a couple of days ago. Bush and I were talking about uh, Christmas Day, the Christmas meal. Mm. I'm entertaining this year, so I'm actually preparing it myself. Uh, and the subject of cranberry sauce came up, and it provoked the most unexpected response uh, from my dear friend over here. It is one of the worst things on this planet. Anyone going anywhere near my plate on Christmas Day? I thank can't you very much. believe it. And then it escalated. It turns out that's not the only sauce that gets your ire. Well, uh, let me let me give you a, a brief tour of my view on certain sauces around Christmas, Take right? it away. Cranberry sauce, Satan's seed. Apple sauce is like an ear, nose and throat issue. Mint sauce is frog spawn. And don't even ask me what bread sauce is. <laughs> All those four things, I don't know why people put them on their food, it's disgusting. And not just Christmas, any day of the year. Uh, so, yeah, you've got roast lamb, for example, on a Sunday lunch. You're not having mint with it. Not, not in a million years, no. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. 
It reminds me of going around like my... We used to go to my granddad's house pretty much every other weekend in Western Supermare when I was a kid. He'd always undercook the chips and we'd have a roast dinner and he'd put loads of mint sauce on the top of it. <laughs> and I used to hate it. So I'm not a fan of roast... Sorry to my granddad, but I'm not a fan of mint sauce. Is there a condiment that you do like? Uh, horseradish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like something you might get in a garden if you were a monk. Right, let's have this out. It's time for the clash of the condiments. It's an open house. Time to come forward and for you to argue the case for the condiment that you would want to have on your Sunday lunch. So you might have one that you think definitely goes on, maybe a little bit weird. Yep. And some of the stuff that's coming in already... You've lost the plot. But it's also something you would bar 100% from being anywhere near your plate on Christmas Indeed. Day. Indeed. So what is the one that you are definitely having on? And what is the one that you are barring from being anywhere near it? Let us know. Uh, Gail says, I'm going to friends for Christmas dinner this year. I'm taking my own bread sauce as nobody else likes it. That's a bad result. I like the sound of her friends. They've obviously got the right <laughs> idea about bread sauce. And hi to KDB on Twitter. And I don't know whether they're trolling us here, but it's a nice bit of tartar sauce on your turkey. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Cranberry sauce, uh, I'm still arguing, and this is what's kicked it all off. You won't have it anywhere near your plate. Uh, cranberry sauce, no. Apple sauce, no. Mint sauce, no. Bread sauce, no. Uh, Danielle, what are you in favour of? Okay, mustard, it's the king. It goes with everything. English mustard. Everything better. It's got to be English mustard. I love English mustard. I can't think of anything that English mustard wouldn't go with in life. No, me neither. Mustard is great also combined with honey as a dip for uh, for wedges and chicken and stuff. Everything. Uh, Danielle, let's imagine then the, the, the Christmas dinner that you're going to have, if we can think forward to uh, the big day. Where's the mustard going on your plate? Is it all over everything, in the, in the corner, in a little ramekin? What's it doing? It's going on the side of the plate next to the beef. OK. Like nice. And it's got to be Coleman's? <laughs> well, Coleman's or maybe another supermarket. OK, I love oh. that. A bit open-minded, <laughs> fair play. Can I just suggest as well, we, we had this in our house a couple of weeks ago and I absolutely hated it. They've done a squeezy version of mustard, of English mustard. And I hated oh, it because you can't get the, the still stuff left in it. And I like to get my entire, you know, jar of mustard out onto the plate. And there was exactly. still a lot left over. It's like HP in the plastic bottle and not a glass one. Just wrong. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of squeezing things. I, I do like a squeezy product. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, I end up having to cut it open. You know, like when, you, when you've got the last last bit of the toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. I ended up having to do that with the English mustard, and it looked like I'd lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> not the first thing. Just be warned. We all like a squeeze, but maybe not a tube of mustard. That's good. Lovely Christmas message there. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye. This is the Daily Takeaway. So I hope you enjoyed the show. We started uh, at the very beginning of the podcast just talking about our, our children being off from like one o'clock this afternoon uh, to break up for Christmas, which is a great thing. As I said during the show, as you've just heard, Thea was in her princess outfit within two hours of getting home. And there's the joy of getting a, you know, dressing up as something. Do you know what I mean? Because you're done. You're done and dusted. <laughs> she always puts that uh, like princess outfit on at the start of the weekend or something like that. I wish I had an outfit like that. Not necessarily a princess, <laughs> but something I could get into that kind of said, the holidays are here. Do you know what? That's a really good... That's a really good if, if you could, all right, then what would you go home and change into tonight? Any costume goes. Weirdly enough, someone mentioned it on the show you've just heard. Little Jawar outfit. <laughs> little pair of pyjamas. <laughs> Tights over your face and then some kind of like brown shawl. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> like nice that. and cosy. What would you go for? Mario. Bit of a Mario. I can imagine you in the little Mario, dungarees. Yeah. <laughs> Fixing stuff. A bit of plumbing. <laughs> no, it stops there.